Welcome to Busy Gamer Nation. Windborne is a simply beautiful game, and what we saw at PAX Prime 2013 was highly polished for a pre-alpha demo. If you love Minecraft, you'll want to give this one a listen and find out how you might get an alpha code to try it out. I'm Michael Austin. I'm a CTO of Hidden Path, but Windborne's also my project, so I'll walk you through it. Windborne is kind of our sandbox world creation game. If you've played Minecraft, the controls are very much the same. I can remove blocks and I can also place blocks anywhere back in the world. I can re-smooth them to the terrain if I decide that I, since we have smooth terrain and everything, I can remove these blocks in the house and put everything back. So our base engine is uh, Minecraft, but with much better graphics and blocks. Yeah, so it's not quite as 8-bit. Yes. So you start out on this big floating island. Um, Each player will get their own. And the island is chock full of, like, quests and adventures and little dungeons and things like that to go explore. We're still in a very early beta. You can build and you can explore? You can choose what you do. It's open-ended, open sandbox. We've added in a lot of quests, though, so that if you want more direction, you can go and get direction. And if you just want to do whatever you want, you can do whatever you want. Sounds like my kind of game. This is just a really early alpha version of it, so not everything's in this build because it's a five-minute PAX experience. But I'll tell you kind of what it will be when we release so you're in a big floating island, and initially the island is populated by a lot of fauna and these jinn, and they start off feral and kind of uncivilized, just hiding out in caves. And part of your overarching goal is to make the jinn have a self-sufficient society where they can sustain themselves without your help. Where You'll build houses for them and orchards, and they'll go and harvest the fruit and you know kind of set up cycles. The jinn's giving me a quest right now, which is to build this bridge so he can get across. I see, we got an open bridge and you can't cross. Yeah, and once I've put down all of the blocks... He's going to come across and then be happy. And by being happier, he'll like me more and help me out on things. Like uh, when I'm building stuff, he'll help speed up my building. He will herd pests away from my stuff. He'll go and help me. Like I can say I want a wall here, and he'll start putting in the blocks. And the more he likes me, the more he's willing to help me. Beautiful. Thank you. We've been working on this for about a year now, and we have all of the core technology and some of the gameplay, and we're kind of like building on it. The entire world is completely procedural. And we have a new kind of procedural technology that lets us do a lot of cause and effect. So you can come across ruins and houses and the cliffs. And so really, what does that mean, procedural? It's generated automatically? Or? It's generated automatically. And every time you form a new island, it'll be laid out completely different with a new set of adventures and new everything. So kind of unlimited content. Is it possible? I know in Minecraft there's a way to get seeds, I think. That yeah, you'll be able to put in a seed. So if you have a world you want to share with someone else, you get them the seed and they can have it? Actually, if you have a world that you want to share with someone else, you could do that where they have it with seed. But you can choose to play online or offline. If you play online, your friend's islands will float by along with everything that they built. And so you can see it in the distance, and you can go over and visit them if they'll let you when it's online. And if it's offline, you can go over and look around, and you'll be able to see everything that they've worked on and kind of join them on their islands. But you can't mess it up? No, unless they give you permission. They can give you editing permission. You can mess it up, but if you do, it's not going to affect them if they're offline. You can go and blow up their island if you want. (laughs) <laughs> and, um, in fact, we have this idea for uh, long-term PvP where you basically have a heartstone that you protect that kind of shows your ownership of the island. And you can go raid your friend's islands, and they're given a score based on how long they hold you off, and you're given a score based on how fast you do it. And you're doing it on a copy of their island, so you can completely blow the crap out of everything they've made, but it doesn't affect them. So it's like Capture the Flag. You guys have put a lot of thought into this. <laughs> I'm a really big fan of this genre, so it's a lot of fun. So on your base island, there actually will just be annoyance enemies, not dangerous enemies. One of the things that will happen is you'll have islands float by with resources on them that you can go and try to collect the resources off of and those will have real enemies. 
combat is a secondary part of our game, not a primary part of our game. It's all crafting based and it's gather, resource, craft, invest in the gin level. There's also really rare dragon eggs that you can find and hatch dragons and breed dragons to try to get special abilities. Including, like, the ability to fly around. So how does that work? You get the ability from the dragons you breed? So the dragon, you'll be able to hold onto it while it flies and be carried around with it. Everything in our world kind of floats. It's our uh, uh, story. <laughs> yeah. The basic backstory is that in the past there were four dragon lords that represent the four winds and different aspects of what people do. And they've disappeared, and you're trying to both figure out what happened to them and how to bring them back and what happened to the world. So we've seen lush green fields. We've seen an underground cavern. Now we're looking at something that looks like Frontierland. This is our desert area. We'll have about 12 to 15 biomes at launch, so different kinds of areas like this. And some of them will be on your island, and some you'll have to visit other islands to get to, like some of the magical ones. These enemies are puffers. They kind of look like balls. So they start off small. As you destroy things, these spheres are left. And they'll go and eat the spheres and kind of digest them. And so if you've been friendly with the djinn, the djinn will chase them off and harass them so that they drop your spheres and leave your stuff alone. And this is one of the enemies that are on the island. But they're the annoyance for them. Yeah, they're one of the annoyance ones. There's other ones that will go and steal blocks, but you'll be able to create defenses to protect yourself from that. We have a lot of ideas for mini quests and games. Like one of the ones we have in here is these random treasure maps drop. So, for example, we're looking at a scroll here, and it's, it has a picture of the map with an X over a spot. And I can actually go and dig down there, and I'll find a buried chest with some really valuable items in there that'll help me craft better things. So even though it's your island, there's a whole lot of stuff for you to discover just on your own home yeah, base. Yeah, on your home base, you'll start off basically taming it. And this island here is pretty large, but your starting island will be 20 times larger. And you'll basically start off taming an area and kind of expanding out and going through all the quests there. Once you've done that all and once you've built up the gin, you basically can either decide to keep building. You know, you could recreate Middle Earth on your island if you want or something. Or you can go start a new island. And if you do that, your old island will still be floating by and you can go visit and still go back to what you've done. And it will be in the sky forever there showing you kind of like, here's your past, here's what you created. So does a lot of this live in the cloud or how does this going to work? Yeah, it lives in the cloud. You'll have local copy on your machine that you can always get access to and you can always play offline. And we're also DRM-free, so... Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, thank you. Hidden Path has been around a while, and we're an indie company, but we work a lot with publishers. Sure. And this is our indie game, which means that it's our labor of passion, and we don't have a huge budget for it. I have a really high standard for what it comes out as, so I think that's probably what's coming through is a lot of weekends and late nights, and from our whole team. How big is the team? Uh, ten people. We have three artists, some guy, five programmers, and a designer. And so 2014... We'll come out with beta this fall. We are coming out on Steam Early Access by the end of the year. And so anybody will be able to check us out then. And then we'll do a full release uh, sometime next year. One of the really cool things we're going to do is have user voice integrated with everything. And user voice lets uh, users actually come up with ideas and submit them. And other people can vote them up or down. And the top voted stuff will actually put into the game. And that will all be integrated. Are there be opportunities for people to get beta codes or aren't packs? Yes. I don't know what that will be yet, but there will be. They should like, follow you on Twitter? Or... Yeah. Follow Wimborne Game, I think, on Twitter. And Hidden Path Entertainment will also be there. I think that if we end up finding success in them and a lot of people are interested in it, we have all kinds of choices in the future about where to take it. There's nothing that we've done that has limited us to platform. It's, for us right now, it's just uh, like what we have money for. Find show notes, music credits, and other details at BusyGamerNation.com WAC Podcast.